0: Welcome to the Smiley and Homeschooler podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and we have a great episode for you this week. We are joined by my mom, Debbie, to talk about the subject of English. As always, she has a ton of wisdom and encouragement to share, and we know you'll love this episode. Before we begin, I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiley and Homeschooler. You can check out a free demo of the new 4.0 version of the curriculum over on their website, teachingtextbooks.com. We appreciate their support. Also, don't forget that the You to Dad daily calendar is available over on our website. It will not only encourage your husband, but also makes for a great Christmas gift. We have a limited number and they're selling fast. So head on over to the smilinghomescore.com to pick one up. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson.
1: Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm not like as perky as normal. Uh, It just feels later. Maybe it's because it gets dark so early around here. I just, it feels like we should be going to bed, not doing a podcast. So, Um, and I may do a little bit of coughing. I don't think I have it. um, But, I've been wearing my mask faithfully in the store uh, and feel like I have to explode when I have to cough. So we're making it through. We're making it through. Um, well, we have a special guest uh, this time. We have my wife um, who rarely and reluctantly wants to be on this thing. Um, but I t- ca- talked her into it um, and she was kind enough to do it. And because she just and I got this thing on my screen. There I go. Um, She thinks that, you know, she goes, I don't have anything to offer. And I'm just telling you right up front, she has tons to offer. Uh, She does an amazing job. She has a lot of wisdom, a lot more than I do. Um, But I thought maybe we'd talk uh, about um, English today. I know English sounds like as boring as dust. Um, But before we get there, how about uh, we'll welcome Debbie to the show and ask her how's school going so far, Uh, or maybe not so far. How's school going right now, Debbie?
2: Um, I think it's going about normal.
1: What does, that, what does that mean? So like for a mom who's like, and we do have moms who this is their first year and they're like, okay, what's normal? What does normal look like for you or feel like maybe?
2: Normal for me is I have about a hundred million things I need to do and would rather be doing, but I make myself do it and they have about a hundred million things they'd rather be doing. So the whole time they're looking out the window saying, it's snowing, can I go outside? And one of them wants to go play basketball the minute he wakes up out of bed. And so, um, you know, it's constantly fighting that. Um, but once I get them to comply, they do a pretty decent job. Although every day they are trying to bargain with me and suggest what we can skip or what they can do instead, or what, you know since he did math yesterday, but the other one didn't, he should have to do two lessons or he should be able to skip it. You know, it's just a constant battle basically.
1: Oh, wait, but, before oh, go ahead. What
2: we're actually doing, like uh, subject wise, I'm enjoying,
0: so. All right. Has there been an area then so far that you feel like, you know, has been giving you harder time this year or that's rougher? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it could be, you know, a specific name if you'd like to or just a subject or a specific book or something that you're like, nope, this has not worked or.
2: Well, you know. yeah, I was what I was using for like Bible time. I stopped and I switched to something different. So that's better. I like it a lot better.
1: What did um, you switch to the different part? I mean, what did you switch to that you kind of like or you like better? Um,
2: I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head. I think it's something like teaching hearts, teaching minds or something. It's kind of like it asks kind of a whole bunch of catechism questions, one per week, and then answers them um, daily with different weight to- topics and stuff. So I, I don't know. I might have the title wrong, but I can go get it if you want me to, but.
1: Okay, well, we're gonna talk about English now. Again, a thrilling uh, topic. Um, But when you're teaching it, you know, and you've taught it for, or included it for, I mean, since Ben started, um, you know, what's your, what do you think in end goal? Because you're an English person. um, You're way more talented than I am. I mean, you know, parts of speech, I don't know digitally. I don't know any of those parts of speech. Um, I can, I know what a, noun is it's a person placer thing um, and I know a few other schoolhouse rock uh, things but when you're teaching it what do you th- what what do you want your kids to get out of it
2: well I mean I for me the I mean if I'm totally honest I think for me the biggest goal is that they're able to communicate in an intelligent way as mm-hmm. an adult <laughs> And to me, I want them to be able to spell things. I know that's probably not very high on some people's list. And you can argue whether it's important. Um, But I just think spelling can make you look like you don't know much when you really do if you're constantly misspelling everything. Um, We'll talk about that later, Todd. But mainly, I want them to be able to communicate well, whether that's through written form, verbally, um, you know, et cetera.
0: Totally. And actually, this isn't something we wrote down, but um, what would you say, like, you're encompassing when you're talking English right now? Like, because are you including spelling, writing, grammar, you know?
2: Yeah, I kind of think of it as threefold. Like, I think of spelling. I think of grammar mechanics, like why do you need to know what a preposition is? Why do you need to know, you know, the t- parts of speech? And then just writing essentials, how to write. I would, that's kind of the three categories I would use. I mean, um, yeah.
0: Right, that's good.
2: No.
1: Well, I would, I, I think I'm asking maybe a little uh, out of the way, but you know, um, you kind of already hinted at that, uh, Uh, that you and I sometimes think differently on maybe different topics. Like we're talking about spelling and we can talk about that just so everybody kind of knows what we're talking about, because sometimes I'll say, well, who cares? You know, and you'll say, well, you know, it does matter because you don't want them to look like dopes out in the world. Um, And I mean, I totally get that. I mean, I understand that. I mean, it is a little embarrassing when your kid's spell was Um, W-U-Z, especially if they ask you, you know, when they're old or if they say, you know, whether to put it apostrophe S or not, a totally. apostrophe s, and say they're shameful. 27 years old. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> which might've happened just a few minutes ago. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I under- totally understand that, but you know, how do you wrestle with, you know, like you, I mean, maybe that's because your goal is the right goal to be able to communicate. Because to me, you know, there is a lot of stuff in English that feels very
2: unnecessary.
1: Maybe that's the best word. I mean, like, is it important to know what a prepositional phrase is? Um, I don't know. I mean, I did it and I went to school, you know, and I, I, I think you could probably list them off in some kind of song that you learned in third grade. Can you really?
2: Well, we did have to memorize them, but I can't redo it all.
1: Okay, well, I couldn't even probably tell you any of them. And I knew you weren't supposed to end with a prepositional phrase. Um, but what about all that stuff? I mean, does that play in your mind? What are other moms? I mean, do you feel, when you're talking to other moms, do you think they're feeling like, oh, i got to teach my kids, you know, what an uh, adverb is and what a dangling participle is? And I'm not even sure what a participle is, but...
2: I mean... I don't care about any of that at all for the sake of caring about it. Like, the only time I think it matters is when you're trying to teach them how to write a coherent paragraph and then a coherent, you know, paper or a coherent essay or a coherent anything. That's the only time I think it matters because otherwise, I think the tendency, especially sometimes with boys, is they just write all these simple sentences that are just da, 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 da. So by teaching them those other things, you're telling them how to write a more interesting sentence. Mm. But I, I think for memorizing purposes and for all the other type of workbook entries regarding parts of speech, it's purely just for the sake of filling out a test or filling in a worksheet. Like it does not transfer over I don't think into writing very well i think it's just a exercise for the sake of knowing it or for a test you're going to have to take where you have to underline the adverb Mm -hmm. the verb twice and the noun once that doesn't teach you anything really it doesn't teach you the purpose of using them in a sentence and why and how just because you can underline it you know underline the phrase um but when i'm trying to teach I say my boys, especially because I have six of them and none of them really cared to write, you know, once I explain what a prepositional phrase is and how it adds more information to the sentence for the reader. For the you know, like so if I say the he set the book down or he set the book on the table or whatever, you know, it just anyway, I think it helps when they're learning to write.
1: Hmm.
0: But so what's the solution to that then? You know, is it to make them write more, you know, and show them how these things actually work? I think so. I think,
2: I think the best context for teaching grammar is in a writing program. Mm. I don't ever do just a simple, boring workbook where you just you know, I just I don't I don't really think it transfers. I don't think it logically transfers when you I can remember early on I had one of my kids be doing sorry to knock it, but easy grammar, you know, and they could they could follow the one sentence ex- sentence um, requirement at the top of the page that says, okay, let's say underline the noun once and the verb twice in all these sentences. They did that fine. But then I could still say two days later, now, you know, write a sentence and they wouldn't know to count capitalize a proper noun or they wouldn't even know what a. am just saying it doesn't necessarily transfer into writing when you're just doing worksheets about it.
1: Because they kind of—I mean, I don't know about them, but I know I kind of figured out the patterns. You know? Right. So, like when I said underline the indirect object or the direct object, I had no idea what they were, but I could right. kind of figure it out. And then I just—it was mechanical. It didn't. And the help. only
2: reason those things matter, those are indirect and direct objects, is because you don't want to write a sentence where you have one without the other and it messes up the sentence so that you know it helps you know whether you've written a complete sentence and whether the sentence makes sense
0: i feel like it also like would you kind of have to get a sense for your kid a lot of how much you're going to have to force this through versus because i feel like like i am not good at grammar i did not do like i mean i did it but like i don't feel like i comprehended or remembered a lot but like i've read so much that i feel like i can understand like what a good you know, sentence paragraphs, how it sounds, if it sounds proper or not, because I've read so much that I can be like, this is not how someone would ever write or or read, or this is not natural, or, you know, this sentence is repeating this too frequently or whatever, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like I've kind of picked up some of it. I wouldn't be able to tell you what they are necessarily. I mean, some of the basics I do, but you know, but I feel like I've kind of just like gleaned mm-hmm. it from reading but if you don't have someone who reads a lot then they don't have either and then that would be yeah. probably a little bit tougher um to yeah. know how to write I something
2: think, i think reading is huge i think he, reading is huge for spelling and i think it's huge for becoming a better writer you know when you read good literature it just helps you be a better writer um but you said something else that i was gonna say earlier um shoot uh, oh you said you, you, know, you don't know a lot of them. I personally don't do hardly any grammar, all of elementary. I just, we read good books and I have them read. And I remember one time, early on, a long time ago, I tried Sunlight's language arts program, and it was brutal. I mean, I remember a pastor friend of ours looked at it and he said, this is like seminary level grammar. I mean, it was so difficult and complex. And so, um, A few years later, Sunlight hired Dr. Ruth Beechick, who's like a, um, she was a doctorate of education that's very well known in the homeschool circles early on. She wrote um, some really great beginning homeschooling books. But anyway, they had her evaluate their language arts program and she told them to throw it all out. She said, it's absolutely ridiculous to do all of this in elementary. Just read, 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 read. And she said, you know, you can learn pretty much all you need to learn about grammar in one or two years of junior high or high school. And um, so that's what I did with my bigger kids. I would use the blue book of grammar and punctuation um, for, for them once they got older. Um, because really, as a kid, it seems so abstract. Like, right. it doesn't really even mean anything to you. I could tell my 12-year-old boy what an adverb is till I'm old, I feel like. I mean, I say it over and over, and I feel like a month later, they're like, what, what's an adverb? I mean, that just doesn't apply to their life very much, you know, but I feel like once they get older, um, they're able to comprehend it all and understand why any of it even matters in their writing.
0: Well, real quick here, I want to just say thank you again to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring us. Um, They've they've done this for a couple years, and they have really make a huge difference. And the reason that uh, we are partnered with them is because they're the math curriculum that helps families smile more during a very troublesome time in a lot of homeschooling. Um, So if you haven't checked them out before, you should go to teachingtextbooks.com. They just released a new uh, huge update for their their math curriculum, version 4.0. Uh, it's really amazing they can you can work the kids can work right within the programs to work out the problems it has search features now so you can look for specific topics um, it has new grading options it has um, new uh, stickers and animations and all sorts of stuff so and it runs really great because it's on a new new uh, on a technical side it's much better and also it runs basically on anything that has an internet browser including windows Macs, chromebooks tablets um so you can pretty much do it anywhere and do it on anything so um we really appreciate their support and you should go check them out at teachingtextbooks.com um let's see here okay hey debbie oh, you already
1: mentioned like the blue book and you mentioned one you didn't like but what were some other things maybe that you've liked over the years or maybe that you didn't
2: well, for me in elementary, mm-hmm. I took more of a Charlotte Mason approach to grammar. Um, when I said I didn't do any, I did things like copywork, you know, where they're writing well-written sentences. They're just copying them. Um, I did um, something called Primary Language Lessons by Searle. And it's just a very like relaxed, gentle approach to grammar. Um, and it, it teaches it teaches things, definitely. But it's just very simple, and a lot of it's mainly oral. Um, but it's in a context they can understand. And then another one I used when they were younger was called English for the Thoughtful Child, for a Thoughtful Child. And it was the same type of approach. Um, I hardly ever did an actual workbook type thing. Um, until like those older grades when I showed you that. Another thing I did in the high school years was, this is Easy Grammar, but it's the Ultimate Series and it's the actual teacher edition. And um, a company called Timberdoodle recommends this for grammar um, in high school or junior high. And it kind of just gives you a good overview, but it's it's um, pretty simple. It's not gonna dwell on everything for forever. And it, it's, um, it's just kind of a good like one year overview of grammar if you just need need them you know to either review a bunch or learn it for the first time even so i mean i have other things i would say about spelling but that's specifically more grammar and Mm -hmm. not writing either but
0: i thought this was interesting because i just was like i'm gonna see what a definition is just to see like how people describe it because this is where i feel like it's so you get so lost and why it needs to be something interactive because this is like like so this is just a simple one adverb which you know as most people would know but it's like an adverb is a word expression that modifies a verb an adjective another verb determiner cause preposition or sentence adverbs typically express a manner place time frequency degree level of certainty etc etc answering the following questions and then it's like uh, this is called an adverbial function It may perform by single words, adverbs or multiple word, you know, and if you didn't know what an adverb was already, that would tell you almost nothing like without a ton of examples and like walking through, you know, and that's just a simple one, obviously that pretty much everyone already knows, but that's what I always just struggle with is like a lot of times is like, they just give you this big, here's what it is, you know, and then they give you some <laughs> sentences, which is helpful. But I just like, that was the part that I always struggle with is like, I need to like, right do it or else I won't understand just by someone telling me like right. here's what this means you know because like it's hard to see right. how that works in real life you know yeah so that's where I think and, the writing really helps
2: yeah and that's one of like in Andrew puto's writing program um you know that's how he he kind of gently teaches it through it he would call an adverb an ly word mm-hmm. and there's a few counterfeits, but most ly words are adverbs, and you're adding something to the verb. So you're like saying, He moved, and then you can say, He moved slowly, he moved right. quickly, he moved, you know. And so I think that's so much easier to understand. Totally. When you're actually writing a sentence of how that helps the verb, you know, be explained more. And, you know, what do you I've never
1: heard at? that in my life. That was just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Andrew Putewell, man, he, his writing program, at least for me, was. Cause it's like those it's just such like even if you don't know anything else you can still cheat it because you know you exactly. can just you follow those simple like here's follow. how you do it you add these words and it makes things more you know interesting and uh, more fun to read um, yeah so and you could out of English yeah.
2: composition in college Ben by using what you learned from his course
0: right um, yeah and I mean again a lot of that comes from just like reading comprehension too is helpful because a lot of them it yeah. was like you know you have to read poetry which i hate or whatever and then like break it down and but it was mostly like if you can just comprehend you could kind of figure out what the object was what the subject was you know all the different stuff but
1: and it does um, help that ben's a genius um <laughs> no, but uh, Debbie no. you, you kind of uh, touched on spelling um let's include that so what are some spelling things you were like or maybe your philosophy in spelling because i know you've done a lot of different types of spelling because I've uh, substituted every once in a while, and I've seen some of those.
2: Spelling is a nightmare. It's my, how do you say that word, nemesis or whatever? Nemesis.
0: <laughs> because
2: I love spelling, and I can spell anything, but I don't know how to teach my kids to spell. Um, I do not I this like...
1: Converse- a different conversation, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Go ahead.
2: Okay. I don't like spelling programs that are workbook pages about one list for the whole week. So one day they have you do a crossword puzzle. One day they have you do a word search. One day they have you fill in the blank with the the spelling word. From my experience, I didn't have any kids that knew the words and how to spell them by the end of the week by doing a different activity every day of the week. It just didn't work. It did not help them memorize the spelling or whatever. so there are a few things I've used that I think helped. Um, I Andrew Puda was spelling program, Ben, you use called the phonetic zoo. Mm-hmm. I thought was pretty effective um, because you, you listen to the words, you have to write them down, you self-correct, and then you have to get all the words correct two days in a row before you move on to another list. So I felt like that was pretty effective. Um, I liked sequential spelling. Um, uh, for horrible spellers, um, I even have on here, oh shoot, I should go get it. It's on my other, the paper version of this. They have you write a sentence the very first day, I'm beginning to learn a lot about spelling or something and you're supposed to, and so they, you have the student write it. Um, don't correct anything, just have them write it how they phonetically hear it. <laughs> and I have one taped into the book that is so atrocious You would die if you saw it. And so I saved it and taped it in there because I thought it was so funny. But, you know, at the end of the week, they could spell the whole sentence correctly because they had, you know, learned. Um, But then I usually mainly have used apps for spelling in modern days because it's just easier. Um, And one I really liked is called Spelling Notebook because I could enter all my own words. So one year I had them journal every day, and by journal, I mean, like tried to get them to write one sentence about what I gave them and um, which was already enough torture. And so at the end of that year, I went through their entire journal. I had told them I wouldn't look at it and I wouldn't correct it. But at the end of the year, I made spelling lists for the whole next year of every word they misspelled in their journal. Wow. And um, and I that one was pretty effective too, because the same thing, it says the word, you have to type it in correctly. And until you get them all right, Twice it doesn't move on to the next list, but I had looked up, you know, what third-grade words are hard to spell, or what, you know, I looked up each grade and added a list of the most frequently misspelled words for that age and stuff like that too. So that one was, um, I thought, helpful. Spelling City was another app, um, and then um, I I do use currently Spelling U C, and the idea of this one is you do copy work every like for a few days like a whole paragraph and then on the last days of the week i read them the paragraph and they have to write write it from um not from memory i'm reading it to them but they have to spell it all without help after they've copied it several days that week i mean they still miss quite a few so i'm not sure but at least nothing else it's giving them practice writing more than they would on their own but honestly, um, when kids get to like junior high and high school, I found that texting is a really good way for them to care about spelling finally for the first time ever. And um, hey, even though a lot of times your phone will automatically correct a word, it's the first time I had certain boys that even cared whether right. they spelled correctly. And I thought it was a huge motivation for them to they wanted to finally know how to spell words and it helped them learn words that they didn't know right. previously.
0: So. And I feel like Spelling stuff too, because I feel like it's so dependent on how you learn too. Like yeah. like I know me, like like this is recently someone's like, How do you spell my name? And it was my sister Catherine, you know, and like I know how to spell her name. I've spelled it million or a thousand times or something. But like I just cannot like
2: right. I cannot see, see like, it in, in my head. head. Like
0: I cannot do it. Like, That's even though I know what it is, exactly. but I can type it with or probably write it. I mean, I can type it or write it because I'm like visual recognition or pattern recognition and typing is the same thing. Like I I don't necessarily even always know the word if I totally like I couldn't probably even say it out loud, like in terms of all the letters, but I can type it because I've just gotten the pattern down or whatever so it's right. definitely like weird how like it's it's so different for some people but like i'm guessing yeah. you and cat can just see the word and you right. know Right, yeah you're, um, you're
2: a lot more like dad and i'm a, i'm more like cat where i see letters and numbers in my head so like if someone tells me their name and i can't quite get it i'm like spell it and then i'm like oh okay i got it you know but um it is so much dependent on that and in fact for the people who can't see it i think a really helpful way for them in spelling is to help them evaluate and learn how to evaluate does that look right to right. you after they've spelled something and make them say does that look right and usually they can say no it doesn't look yeah, right
1: exactly even
2: if they don't know how to spell it and so that's a a good way to help the kids that can't see the letters and don't see them in their head at all. i
0: think the word definitely i don't know if i've ever spelled typed right written it anything correctly the first time ever like it's i can never do definitely <laughs> i always do it as defiantly ends up in the, like showing uh, autocorrecting is the only thing it will offer or yeah. something else i don't know what else the other one is but uh it's tough yeah. um yeah. let's see here i was gonna see if do you have anything else that on english because i had actually had one other question so what would you tell Good. mom who is frustrated because everyone is telling her that she needs to do english with her six-year-old and she's not liking it
2: Oh, I would say don't do English like official English. Just read good books together. Six years old, oh my word. I would totally just work on phonics and letters and making sure she can read and if not, working on reading and then reading her good books. That's all you need to do for English, especially Mm. at six, but I would say mostly through elementary.
1: Okay, how Uh, about, Debbie, if, if you take that up to, say, older kids, junior high you know, middle school, senior high. And they're just like, you know, I just don't know. I don't know about sentence diagramming. I don't understand. I don't understand sentence diagramming. You know, I don't know what all those parts of speech are. And just, you know, I don't like it. What? But everybody tells me my kids need to do it or they're not going to, you know, get into college or get a real job or.
2: Yeah. Well, sentence diagramming is easy. I mean, (laughs) I know there are people who would tell you, why it's useful, but I knew how to sentence diagram. I was taught, we had to, in my high school, it was a Christian high school. I had to take an English proficiency test to graduate. And one of my best friends failed it like three or four times and they would not let her graduate until she could pass that. And it was hard. but again, it was just a lot of memorization. Um, it didn't mean much about what you fully understood and knew. And, but and when
1: you meant, when you said sentence diagramming is easy, you didn't mean it's easy to teach. What did you mean?
2: No, I meant like I didn't say it was easy. I said I, well, I meant it's easy. Yeah, to I know what I know out. what you meant. <laughs> In my mind, it's it's not necessary. I mean. Right. Again, I think it's to help you break down a sentence. That's the only purpose of it, really, or to formulate a good sentence and why. But I would not waste your time in most purposes. You know, I mean.
1: And from my point of view, I'm just going to strengthen that and say, hey, don't do it. <laughs> you know, I really I knew a, I knew a guy who could diagram any sentence. I mean, he could the most complicated sentence. And I think he's, you know, he works as a custodian, which is fine. That's a great job. But you don't have to use sentence diagramming. It's not a measure of anything.
0: Mm -hmm. And Roger Smith, real quick, he said, What about a kid who hates to read? Um, You know, is there anything?
2: I I mean, what I've done for kids, like, I feel like most of my kids have hated to read. I've had a few that didn't. Um, I think Audible books, books on audio, is huge. And I would just require it. Like I wouldn't make it optional. I would just say they're gonna listen to something, at, You know, whether it's when they go to bed at night or for an hour after you know, lunch or whatever, make them listen at least. And um, for my kids, I had to make incentives to get them to read anything. So one year I had a box with little prizes in it. So if they read even the simplest of books, I gave them a reward. One year I wrote a whole bunch of things out on paper, like a trip to Walmart, um, or I don't know, and they got something, Mm. I don't remember what, or ice cream at McDonald's or some little things. And when they read a book, they got to draw it and do that. Um, I've even resorted to paying them. (laughs) I I think I've paid my youngest two boys. It depends on the length of the book, but they get five bucks for a certain size book. I mean, honestly, they they say they hate to read, but once they start, right. and I make them, they do enjoy it, whether they will totally. ever admit it. Same with my daughter. Oh, my
0: God. It was a stinking wizard's ticket, and I had to read 100 hours to get that.
1: <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> at
0: least that's what the library was. Well, and I think the thing about reading is, like, adults all the time, all the time say, oh, I'm so slow, or I'm not good at reading, or whatever, and it's like, well, I mean, reading is, you have to be able to recognize the word, and move quickly, and, like, i like, You can't just do it all the time well if you never do it, you know, like it isn't just it's like anything else where it takes like, I mean, reading is practicing reading always. So, I mean, you know, it isn't going to come naturally just like, oh, I could just read like a million words a minute because I just learned how to do how to sound out a word. You know, it doesn't just instantly become natural, flowing, easy reading, you know, so. Uh, I and, feel like it know. is tough to you know, you do have to really
1: stick at it or else it does yeah. well, we're we're about out of time, Wait, but I would can just I ahead add,
2: can I only add got about
1: three yeah. minutes. Four oh, minutes. Go ahead.
2: Okay. One, one thing I wanted to add about a reader who hates it is to let them read anything right. they want. Like if you have a kid who only cares about Lego let him read anything Lego related. You know, if he only cares about sports, find something sports related that he thinks looks slightly interesting. Do not just make them trudge through whatever curriculum you have, but let them do it based on their interest. And are we gonna talk about writing at all? Cause I feel like that's-
1: Not this way. Well, week. we may have to put that off. We only have about three minutes and we're already past our time. So uh, we, well, we can talk about definitely. writing at an, at another time. I know everybody would love to hear what you have to say cause you have so so much to share um and we'll just we'll just make that another topic
2: it's its own category it's for sure for
1: sure category but uh we'll just thank debbie for being here um again you know just relax mom um if you have any other questions you could just you know put them in the comments or ask us um you can email me at familyman at familymanweb.com and i'll pass them on to debbie and maybe she can answer some of them um and Thanks for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. We didn't even mention Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving because you have so much to be thankful for, Mom. And if you haven't closed the books, close the books, okay? I know tomorrow's Wednesday, uh, but don't do school today anyway. And enjoy it. Don't be in a rush to get back. And don't forget to smile.
0: Thanks for joining us for episode 119. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you use. Also, if you have a question you would like us to answer, feel free to message us over on Facebook. I also want to say thank you to Teenage Textbooks for sponsoring this Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Go check out their new demo for version 4.0 over at their website, teenagextbooks.com. They are the math curriculum that helps homeschoolers smile. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.